Hello on the sidelines fans. I'm Cameron Capovianco as always. And joining me today is a very big, big guest, the president of Toronto FC, Bill Manning. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much out of your busy schedule for taking the time to do this interview. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Cameron. Happy to uh, happy to join you on your show. So before we get into the 2017 MLS Cup run you had with Toronto FC, the current season with Toronto FC, maybe the future of it, I want to ask you first, what made you fall in love with the game of soccer or football and pursue it as a passion for a president or a GM role? Yeah, so my story goes way back to when I was in first grade. And I remember there was a gym teacher named Mr. Seely, and he handed out a bunch of um, – flyers and i played like you know most kids i played every sport growing up baseball football soccer um and basketball and uh i remember bringing it home to my dad my dad you know was a baseball player when he was younger and he was like sure we'll we'll bring you out to this this sport called soccer and um you know this would have been in the early 70s and so the sport was relatively new to most people in the U.S. And um, I took a liking to the game. And, uh, you know, as I got a bit older, I wound up becoming pretty good. And uh, just have played the game my whole life from from five years old on. But it was from just uh, – it wasn't, you know, from my dad. My dad had never played the game or, or my mother for that matter. It was uh, just a gym teacher handing out a flyer. And I was a young, active kid. And my parents just put me in every sport possible. And uh, – it's funny, later on, I learned that the gym teacher, his name was Mr. Seeley, was the head coach at uh, the rival high school in my town. So uh, he had a vested interest to get a bunch of kids playing soccer. Well, what a great story that was. Um, so it was a kind of happy, but at the same time, a rivalry kind of thing, a friendly kind of rivalry with you and uh, your coach or your teacher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your job duties as president uh, what's not my job duty? Uh, you know, basically you, you, you oversee the, the, the workings of the club from, um, you know, from, from the players that you see on the field to the, you know, to the season ticket holders, to the sponsorships and, 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 you know, the daily workings of our staff, we have about, 68 I think people that work here at BMO training ground and interacting with our staff at 50 Bay Street a number of people who um, who support TFC you know whether it's finance or HR or or ticket sales or sponsorship and marketing um, you know interacting with our board um, which is made up of Larry Tannenbaum um, and Dale Lastman and then the Bell and, and Rogers executives interacting with with major league soccer and then we have mls next pro and then we have mls next uh for our academy uh and so really it's touching every um facet, facet of the organization um and then having you know what i like to say really good people that are really good at their jobs and uh um you know managing the financial part of it as well uh so it's really touching every facet of the organization so I want to get into a little bit of your early president and GM career. As you started with the Minnesota Minnesota Thunder, excuse me, was it nerve wracking behind the desk for the first time as a president or even a GM of a of a soccer club? Actually, I asked, uh, it was a job before that. Um, 
So when I retired from playing, the reason I retired is I got a call from a club called the Long Island Rough Riders, who are still around to this day. And I was playing in the USL with a team called the New York Fever. And the owner had called me. I was from Long Island. And uh, he said, you know, we were looking for a new GM. Would you be interested? And that's when I knew my, you know, I think I was 30 at the time. That's when I knew, okay, my playing days are done. This is what I want to do in my career. And I had always aspired to be, um, you know, a general manager or a team president. And so I started with a team called Long Island Rough Riders. We were playing in the USL at the time. Uh, and then back then there was another league called the APSL and they merged into the USL. And so I was there for a couple of years. And then I, I got recruited over to the Minnesota Thunder um, where I was team president and GM for a couple of years and then actually moved to Major League Soccer in the early years, in the early 2000s, where I worked for uh, Don Garber and Mark Abbott um, running a team in Tampa. We actually were a league-owned team, though. So back then, it's crazy to say, but you know, there wasn't enough interest in the league to actually have owners for some of the teams, and so the league operated. So I worked for a league-operated team for a few years, and then uh, wanted to get some more business experience. I had a lot of soccer experience, wanted to get some more business experience. So I left uh, to work in the NBA and the NFL and then came back to Major League Soccer in the mid-2000s uh, to, to Real Salt Lake. Right. And actually, funny enough, I want to get into that switch over from sports to the NBA, the NFL. But I also had a question, too, with regards to that kind of first stint of the MLS for you pl being the GM of the uh, – Tampa Bay money. What was the difference going from the USL all the way over to the MLS? Was it like a big jump for you at first? Um, not really. The, the The level of play was better. Um, the The magnitude of some of the players were bigger. We had a, a player, Carlos Valderrama, was a very famous player when I was down in Tampa. Um, and so, and and the the aspirations even back then, the aspirations of MLS was to be a top team in the world. I mean, a top league in the world, um, we just weren't. <laughs> and so we had a, um, you know, a lot of growing to do. And, um, you know, I think working in the USL prepared me really well uh, to oversee an MLS team. It's just um, we were ill-suited to play in a 70,000-seat football stadium. And so uh, that was some of the difficulties back in the early years. But my – my time working in the, in the USL, um, I finally remember and uh, won a championship with Minnesota in 1999 and um, worked for a great mentor, a guy by the name of Bill George when I was in Minnesota and um, just had, uh, it prepared me well for my career. Um, you know, had to, you know, you did everything, you know, in terms of buying the, buying the, you know, stuff at Staples to, to outfit your office, to hanging up signs, to selecting players, negotiating contracts. It was, uh, you did everything back then, but, uh, yeah, prepared me well. Absolutely. So uh, again, you mentioned you switched sports as well. You took a role as the director of corporate partnership for the Houston Rockets and then the VP of sales and service for the Philadelphia Eagles. What was it like going from president and GM to these two new roles? Was it, Again, like I said, was it more of a difficult transition or would you say it was more like a settling transition, just a little bit more, less work, I want to, if I could put it into terms like that? No, it was, um, 
it was a move I had to do. And in hindsight was um, really critical for me in my career um, at the time in the early 2000s, MLS still wasn't very established. Um, and as a team president, you were very involved in ticket sales, sponsorships, as well as the player personnel and everything. Um, but I really, at that time, felt uh, I needed more big league experience. Um, and I always wanted to set myself apart. I didn't just want to be a soccer guy. I wanted to be more well-rounded where I could run a business, run the business, but also um, be involved in the soccer side of it and lead that part as well. And so um, having the opportunity to work with the Houston Rockets was a great uh, time. Um, we actually had Yao Ming at the time, who was uh, you know really popular when he came into the league. Uh, we opened up a new arena called the Toyota Center. So I was there for that and was intimately involved um, with Tad Brown, who was my boss at the time, who runs now the Philadelphia 76ers and the Devils. Um, so it was just a great um, opportunity for me to work at a big NBA team and a new arena, had a star player, and I was able to take that all in Um you know, because in my mind, I always knew I'd go back to soccer. I just didn't know when and, and how. Uh, and then I took the jump over to the NFL, which was even bigger. Um, and that was a great, I worked for four years there. Um, my boss at the time is a guy named Mark Donovan, who runs the Kansas City Chiefs now. And uh, we had four really good years. And I was able to manage a lot of the commercial areas, the sponsorships and the suites and the premium seating. And we grew. The Eagles were on fire then. Andy Reid was our head coach. And we did really well during those years. And it was um, it was great. So that when I was um, recruited by Real Salt Lake, I had had all this business experience in much, much bigger leagues in the NBA and the NFL uh, that I was able to translate to MLS. And then I think really helped. You know, I like to think that, that when I went to Salt Lake, we – we were part of growing this league to where it is right now. Absolutely. So again, you mentioned when you didn't know you were going to return, but you did return to the MLS. You became the president for real salt Lake and then moved your, uh, moved your job up North to where you are now as the president of Toronto FC. What was it like going from the U S to Canada? And did you find any differences in the game when you first moved here to Canada? No, you know, it, um, I had moved, you know, a number of times in my career. So um, my wife and I were, were very accustomed to that, to moving into a, a new city and a new area. Um, you know, my, my older son was in high school at this time when we moved here. Um, my younger son was just um, heading to middle school. So it was a little easier for him. So that was a, a big adjustment for my kids. But, um, you know, Toronto is a, is a world-class city, I like to say, and it's, I'm from New York. So uh, I understand more of this type geography. Philadelphia was a big city. Houston was a big city. I'd lived in LA at one point. Um, so not much of a change there. Uh, you know, the one thing, and I respect it is this is a different country. It's not the United States. There's a lot of similarities, um, but it is a different country. And, and, and actually my, my family is getting our permanent residency this year. I just got my permanent resident card. So we're, we're part of this community now, but it wasn't um, from a, 
from the soccer standpoint, was still playing in the same league. So there wasn't really much change there. You know, Toronto, um, very ambitious club, uh, a big club in terms of going after the type players we go after. Um, there was a good foundation in place when I, when I came here uh, to really build on that, to build a championship uh, club. Um, you know, which I had done in Real Salt Lake. And so it was a, it was a good move here. MLSC is a great organization. Obviously we have the basketball team and the hockey team and all the live events we put on the Canadian football team. So really um, much bigger organization. So really happy I made the move. I want to get into the current players that you brought in, but at first I got to go to the past and bring up 2017 with that, First MLS Cup championship, I believe the first uh, the first professional championship for the city of Toronto since I believe 1993. So after bringing in Sebastian Jovinko and Josie Altador, you won the MLS Cup. What did it mean to you uh, to win that MLS Cup and bring a trophy to Canada for the first time since the World Series in '93? Yeah, I mean it was great. Uh, you know, it was uh, really uh, satisfying personally because. I think by that point, I might have been the first executive to win with two different teams. We won with Real Salt Lake in 2009. Actually, Garth, my uh, Garth Lagway and I worked together at Real Salt Lake. He 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 probably was the first because he did it with Seattle in 2016 when they beat us. But it was uh, really satisfying to 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 do it here. Um, you know, this city was starved for a championship for a while, uh, dating back to the Blue Jays in the early 90s. Um, it really uh, solidified the club in this marketplace um, and, and grew our fan base quite a bit. Um, and so it was just, it was, it was awesome. You know, whenever you win a championship, it is just, uh, it's a great feeling and, and they're different, you know, when I won with Minnesota and then when I won with Real Salt Lake, winning here, they're all different uh, for different reasons, but they all mean the same. Absolutely. So another Italian you brought in, well, another three Italians you brought in this season were Domenico Cristico, Lorenzo Insigne, and Federico Bernardeschi. Now, I want to get into all three because they're probably all the same story, but maybe we can go on each of them. But I want to focus more on Lorenzo Insigne. So when you found out he wasn't resigning for Napoli in Serie A, what was kind of that next step the team took into making sure that he would come over to Toronto and play for uh, play for uh, you guys? Look, it was uh, it was there was a lot of discussion and uh, recruiting um, in some ways. Um, you you, I think Lorenzo's heart obviously was with his club with Napoli, um, but. Uh, I don't think they were offering him the same type contract that he was under. And, and we tried to um, sell him on a dream of, of coming over to North America, being a big part of um, the continued push of major league soccer to grow as a league. And here was a national team player who had just won euros um, who, you know, essentially could be playing um, in MLS, uh, here in Toronto, which have a very large Italian Canadian population and, um, you know, really be, be a superstar here in our league. Um, I knew that he didn't want to go to another club in Italy. Uh, they had let us know that. And so really it was, you know, coming here or going to, um, one of the premier league clubs that were, that were after him. And so, um, I think it was a combination of, you know, we, we, we made a very aggressive contract offer um, 
for him to, to come over here. Um, I also think that with the growth of MLS, he was intrigued by coming here and playing in this league and being a, a you know a superstar here. Um, but then also the the city of Toronto and the GTA and and um, how vibrant this city is and and the lifestyle that he and his family could live in the large Italian Canadian population really appealed to him. So I think it was a combination of all three. So what did it mean to you to see the reaction he got and we can say Bernadeschi too and Kristiko when they all landed at Pearson Airport and all the TFC fans or all the Little Italy fans as well were there to greet him when he they walked through the front doors? Yeah, it was great, um, you know, to see the reaction from from our fans and, you know, when Lorenzo went down to Little Italy and, and, and it was just uh, amazing to see an entire street uh, filled with TFC fans to welcome him. I think it meant a lot to him and, and Mimo and Federico, um, you know, getting off a plane like that and having these people welcoming them to our city. And uh, I think it meant a lot to them. And, and I, uh, I compliment our fans. They always are amazing and they care so much uh, through good times and bad times. And uh, um, I think there's a level of excitement now for our club bringing these players during the summer along with Mark Anthony Kay, bringing Richie Luria back, um, that, that a foundation is now built for the future to do some special things. And so, uh, it was, uh, it was really good to see the welcome that they gave these guys. I want to get into a little bit of just before their debut game that they had against Charlotte. Uh, when you first saw them training with the team, how did you find that they would fit into the team at first with, uh, guys like Jonathan Osorio, um, Richie Larea coming back. I'm just trying to list some players. Uh, Alex Bono, uh, Jesus Jimenez. Like, how did you find these three would fit into the lineup? Well, you know, it was more revamping things because, you know, Lorenzo really became the becomes the foundation of the team now that we're building across and then as well with Federico. So you're looking at, you know, Lorenzo, captain of the Italian national team, captain of Napoli, um, world-class player, he's going to be the foundational piece. And then to add another player in his prime, Italian national team player in Federico Bernadeschi, um, now it's actually building the team around them. Um, and, and that was really this project that we have gone on to. Good players like Michael Bradley, like Jonathan Osorio, um, guys with high football IQs, they're going to figure out a way to play with each other. And we thought that their skill sets and how they go about playing the game, we thought would work well together. And so it's now, um, you know, we kind of have a foundation we think in place with, with Federico and Lorenzo on the flanks in the midfield. We feel good about Michael and Mark Anthony K. And then, you know, Jonathan, um, you know, we, we're looking to, to, to keep him and obviously, uh, uh, have him extend his career here in Toronto as a local boy. Um, you know, Nemo was great pickup and, and, and certainly bringing Richie back. And then, you know, we look at how, how do the other pieces fit in um, as we move into next season. And, and, you know, I look at 2015 to 2016 and 2015, we brought in Josie, we brought in Sebastian and we really improved our offense 2016, we focused on improving defensively with Drew Moore, Will Johnson, Clint Irwin, and Stephen Betashore. And I think this offseason will have a similar approach as we look to, you know, we're letting up a lot of goals. 
Um, and you're not going to win a lot of games when you're letting up 1.8 goals a game. And so uh, that'll be our approach this offseason. What's it like seeing MLS guys like Jonathan Osorio, uh, Richie Larea, who got noticed by these clubs in Europe, such as Nottingham Forest, where Larea was, and uh, Jonathan Osorio linked with Greece, and then of the vice versa way of seeing Insigne, Bernadeschi, and Kristiko coming from the Serie A, one of the big five leagues? Yeah, look, I think you're going to see more and more of that uh, with MLS. And, you know, we're uh, uh, a league now, I think, you know, if you take the, like you mentioned, the big five leagues in Europe, we're right, you know, neck and neck with all the other leagues kind of just under that right now. And, and you know, we won the Champions League this year for the first time in our history. Um, Seattle um, winning that competition. Um and, you know, you're seeing players come into this league now um, like we just did with Lorenzo and Federico in their prime, um, top players in the world. And so I think you're going to see more growth from our league. I think, um, you know, you're seeing now with the transfers of players from MLS um, to overseas that, um, you know, in, in some ways, and, and there is really, you know, there's not a correct path per se, um, but playing in MLS, um, as opposed to playing in some of the lesser leagues in Europe, um, you know, you're starting to see is maybe even a better pathway to some of the top clubs in the world. And so, um, you know, we're still a relatively young league when you compare us to the rest of the world. Um, and I still think we have, uh, such a huge trajectory to go up. Um, and I think you're going to start to see more players like Lorenzo and Federico uh, in their prime that are going to choose MLS as opposed to some of the big five leagues even. So um, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bullish on uh, you'll see more and more players coming into the league and you're still going to see players be transferred out. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be less to some of the minor leagues, not minor because they're not, you know, Leagues like Belgium, certainly good league, and Turkey and Holland, and those are all <laughs> very good leagues. But I think I think MLS is is neck and neck with them. What are some pieces of advice you can give to younger kids or younger adults, maybe who are starting college, who want to follow in your footsteps and maybe be like a president or a general manager of a professional sporting club? Yeah, look, I, I think um, a lot of it is is putting yourself out there a little bit, um, knocking on doors, um, you know, trying to see if you have connections with people that are in the industry and if you can uh, get, you know, get an internship, um, you know, with an organization, even minor league clubs. I started in minor league soccer and it was a great influence on my career. Um, I, I think, you know, the, what generally happens, and I tell this to young people, the, the jobs don't come to you. You got to go seek it and you got to kind of go after it. And there's going to be a lot of doors that don't open up for you, some doors that are going to slam in your face. But eventually, um, if you kind of network enough, you put yourself out there enough, you maybe can get a, an internship here and there. It's going to build your resume. And then, you know, if, if this is a, a career that you want to pursue, you got to put yourself in position to take advantage of it. Um, you know, my career has taken me to all over the United States and now to Canada. Um, sometimes you have to go where the job is. And uh, we just had a young kid that was an internship intern for us here. 
um, who actually just took his first full-time job out of college with Vancouver Whitecaps. But it was in part because of the internship he did here with Toronto FC um, that got him that, that opportunity. So we're real proud of him that uh, he got a chance. So, so that's part of it. It's, it's knocking on doors and um, putting yourself out there a little bit. Well, thank you so much again, Bill, for joining us and uh, appreciate your time again. I know with the busy schedule with the upcoming game and everything, the training and everything you have to do, I appreciate you taking this so little time to, uh, to join me today. Great. Thanks, Cameron. Guys, Take Bill it. Manning, president and G or president, sorry, of Toronto FC. I'm Cameron Capobianco and we'll catch you guys next time.